Welcome to The Drummer's Pathway, the podcast about music, life, and the creative process. Hello, I'm Michael Scott, and welcome to The Drummer's Pathway podcast. Learning to be a creative artist, regardless of our medium of choice, requires more than just a fundamental skill set. It is essential that we embrace a positive mindset that focuses on confidence and curiosity over competition and comparison. My guest today is drummer Chris Lesso, who, in addition to establishing a successful freelance career as a professional drummer, is also highly regarded as an educator. His studies with the great Dom Famliero and the legendary Jim Blackley have helped Chris form a great foundation for his drumming and for his teaching methods. Embracing the concept of living a life through rhythm, Chris empowers his students to celebrate their own unique voice and to help guide them along the paths that they are seeking in order to find joy in the process of learning something new. Let's get started. Fantastic. Well, thanks for inviting me on. And how how has the podcast journey been for you so far? It's definitely a learning experience, but I'm looking at this as an opportunity to connect with people I know that I admire and respect and learn their stories and get the opportunity to share that experience with others because you and I have often sort of said one of the best ways to learn is to tell your story because your story will resonate with others and I think it's really important as a you know both as a student and as an educator that people realize that we're all kind of following the same types of experiences in our journeys and running into the same sorts of issues and so as an encouragement if a student knows that their teacher has these struggles, then that empowers them to look forward and know that they can embrace those challenges and at the same time overcome them. 100%. Yeah. And, and someone told me, Michael, someone out there needs to hear what you have to share. Right. So sometimes we doubt ourselves. Yeah, everybody knows that, or uh, they don't need to hear my two cents, or you know, everybody knows what I what I know. No, like there's someone out there. If you're struggling with something, you need help with something, or you have something to sh- to share that is an insight, or something you learned, or something you heard, something you discovered, you know, a play or something. Yeah, someone needs to hear that. That's actually one of the first things that you said to me was that you need to share your story and you need to not worry about reaching an audience per se, because everyone has a story to tell and someone out there who you may never know is looking to hear that story as an incentive for them to better themselves in their life, their career, or their journey as a drummer. Mm-hmm. Yes, and and our our mutual mentor, Mr. Dom Famulero, beautiful, amazing human, amazing drummer, such an impact on the world of drummers and people such as us and others. And he always said to me, he said, great people serve. Great people serve. So, so attach this to, yeah, again, like if there's, there's one person out there that, that you can uplift through the power of drumming and music, then, you know, you, you, you're tapping into something greater. And Dom also said to me, he said, the fuel has to be enthusiasm and fun. And you know, that's infectious. Like if you ever met Dom or someone or drummers in general, look who you got behind you, Stuart Copeland, the police, you ever heard, or Steve Gadd, ever heard them talk? It's like, check this out. Look at this pattern. Look at this thing I discovered, right? Sharing enthusiasm and fun. Rick Gratton actually once said to me, one of the best ways to learn about someone's playing style is to watch an interview with them with the sound turned off. Wow, an interview with them. Yeah, he said, so find an interview on YouTube of a drummer or anyone that you admire 
turn the sound off and just watch their mannerisms and how they move. And that is going to reflect how that translates into their playing or their creative style, because it's an element of their personality. Well, if you ever saw me, I'm going to do this a lot. And Rick Ratton, by the way, I saw him him do a few drum events in, in so I grew up I grew up in Barrie, which was a small town when I grew up there, just north of Toronto. And yeah, he he came to this awesome store and he did many drum events there, and he was like tearing the room up. So if I could mute him, which is almost impossible because Rick is loud when he plays and he's he's just a loud, awesome personality, right? But he man, he was like the the Tasmanian devil. Just like kind of like check this out. They go behind the drums. And, so that's really I'd never heard that that quote from Rick, but Rick embodies that. You know, he's just a ball of energy and enthusiasm. Yeah, a hundred percent. And one of the other things that I got from Rick that always resonated with me is that everything you ever try and do is going to be a challenge when you tell yourself this is difficult. Mm -hmm. So what you need to do is that you need to change your thought process and say to yourself, what if I could actually do this? Mm -hmm. And by telling yourself, what if I actually could do this? It actually empowers you to now embrace the challenge with a completely different perspective. And I found, interestingly, when he told me that at one of our lessons, I then came home. I actually took one of his Rick's Licks books off my shelf, which I'd owned for about 25 years at that point, that I always put back on the shelf because I found it to be really intimidating and overwhelming. And I took it off the shelf. I placed it in my music stand. I looked at it with a fresh perspective. And then suddenly everything made sense. Wow. And things that I had worked on for years on and off suddenly just became part of my vocabulary. And it completely empowered me to really grasp the material and to get excited about starting that journey excited and i love what you said there michael it's like if you had given up you never would have had that breakthrough so sometimes the progress is like this like this like this like this like this and then it explodes and yeah you pick that thing up off out of your out of your stack of books that you haven't looked at in a while and all of a sudden it 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 unlocks and that's what you said about the the mindset part of it and the heart set part of drumming which is a big part of what i do ltr life through rhythm so it's it's not we're not playing drums it's that we are the drums we must embody the instrument you know we must become the instrument miles davis had this great saying he's like i can tell how a person is going to play by the way they stand which is very close to what rick ratton said mute them as they talk and i can tell how they're going to sound on the instrument Miles Davis said essentially the same thing decades earlier, right? So it's like what we think about our inner dialogue, what we tell ourselves, the things we believe. Is this a challenge or is this going to defeat me? Like what's your, what's your belief system? Can I do that? And what you said about questions, asking the right questions. So I love what you said, Michael. What if? That is an amazing question. Well, and one of the things that I've learned, because I've been a drummer now for probably about 40 years, and you and I both have a fairly extensive background in terms of education and in terms of the people that we've connected with. But one of the things that I realized probably over the last 10 years is that it wasn't until later on in my drumming journey that I actually learned how to be a student. Because for so long, if we look back, we've all been in situations, whether it be a school environment or a private lesson situation, where people teach based on a curriculum and everything they do follows the same path. But what they don't do is tell the students how to learn the curriculum. They just provide the curriculum. Mm. And I have been guilty of that. In the past, when I look back at some of the early lessons that I had taught just out of school, I would get excited about some of the concepts that I learned, and I assumed that my excitement for that concept would pass over to the student. It wasn't until later on that I started to approach things and realize that every student is unique, 
Every student is on a unique yeah. path. Every student has different challenges, whether it be related to the things that you're teaching them or whether it be personal challenges that are getting in their way and making it difficult for them to overcome. So I had to change my process to start becoming a teacher that figured out the student, figured out what the student needs and customize my teaching wow. to them. Um, I have had some online students that we would connect and we would spend an hour talking about mindset issues because they would be mm -hmm. encouraged about some of the material that we'd be looking at. Then they would go online and then they would spend all this time watching all of these drummers play all of these things that they found intimidating. And then they would start to doubt and question themselves and start to lose the vision of where they started and how far they came. So overcoming the mindset aspect of being a student is something that is essential in order for you to really feel passionate about the journey that you're on and to get better. I wish I learned these skills 30 years ago. If I had learned the skills that I've learned now to in order to learn and develop as a musician, back when I first started out, I think it would have taken me on a completely different path. So I think too many times, too much emphasis is spent on the curriculum and not enough on how to learn the curriculum. So I'd be interested on your perspective with regards to that. I think you said it great. And thank goodness you are serving the world now and doing that. Like you said, what unlocks the student, you know, and the world needs more people like you doing that. And you really are speaking, Mike, with humility. And humility is really the key to becoming a seeker or the eternal student. And any great master that we revere thinks of themselves as the white belt mentality, as the eternal student, as the beginner mindset. Like everybody. All the great people we've talked about so far. Steve Gadd. <laughs> who we mentioned, Stuart Copeland, who I'm just thinking about from those awesome pictures behind it. They think of themselves as internal students. And Steve Smith, the you know the amazing bald-headed inspiration where I got my look from, he's, a, <laughs> he's, he's probably the big one for me that really started that decades ago. Like, wow, this guy is constantly growing, constantly learning with humility. And just being a seeker and the eternal student, constantly searching, always thinking of yourself as a beginner and unlocking that in other people. This I'm really against this and what I do. It's something I fight against. Old school, traditional lessons, which I, I had went through this. And, and it's like you mentioned it. It's a curriculum. Everybody's the same. you got to go through it. Talk about killing the fun of enthusiasm joy and individualism, you know, speaking your voice through the drums. You matter what you have, your expression matters. What a killer for that, you know, going through these curriculums where just everybody, cookie cutters, everybody's the same. I had this student uh, named Kenny talk about, you know, like a Keith Moon, just going crazy on the drums, loved it, obsessed with it. You know, we always, all of us share this crazy obsession with hitting stuff with wood, right? Michael, you know, I, I can see behind you. I can see those drums there, right? <laughs> you share it too. We all, everybody listening to this and all your listeners watching it feels that same joy. So Kenny had this. He was, you know, maybe 10 years old, 10, 11 years old at the time, drumming every day, right? And then I moved away from my town to, to you know, to expand my horizons and, and to start my journey. So he had to find another drum teacher and he found this well-meaning teacher and I know he meant well, but what he had said to him was, he's like, Kenny, you got to listen to this album by Miles Davis. It's called Kind of Blue. Now we all know Miles Davis, Kind of Blue, jazz classic, one of the best of all time, da -da 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 -da. of course you should know about it. But he tried to force it upon this 11 year old kid getting into drumming full of joy because you should learn it because drummers should you know need to know this stuff and kenny just 
he did he was not a fan and he just okay ding ding scott i hate this and when and he's just every week forcing on him and he just ended up quitting lessons you know and 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 he did some self-teaching stuff and he still drums now but but it was just a shame that he really killed that that uh joy of taking lessons because of trying to shove this curriculum you know into, instead of bringing out his individualism so i think you're bang on when i first got out of college i i worked part-time at a couple of different music stores uh, as a teacher and i always had a passion for teaching but as i had mentioned earlier I would fall into the habits of being really excited about the things that excited me and go under the assumption that it would excite the students. And in many cases it did, but right. I had to adjust that. And over time I found I had to step away from teaching because I got to the point where I was falling into that curriculum path and I was getting frustrated and I never wanted to be the teacher that taught just for the sake of making some money I always wanted to be the teacher that would instill enthusiasm into the students. I had, um, you know, fast forward many years later, I had a, my first um, online lesson with Dom Familiero, who we both know exceptionally mm. well. Um, I was all prepared to, you know, follow his his um, reputation for being a master of the traditions of hand technique and things. And I remember sitting there with my practice pad and my, um, and my zoom session and it was all set to go. And I'd never met Dom at this point and I didn't know what to expect. And I remember being quite nervous and we didn't play a note. We didn't touch the drumsticks. Mm. We spent an hour talking about me. And I remember getting, emotionally overwhelmed afterwards and reflecting on the fact that one of the things that he said to me was, I know you've been away from teaching for a while, but you have a, a skill set and a passion for education. So you need to figure out what that means to you and you need to get back into education. That doesn't necessarily mean get a job working in a music store and get back into that, but you need to find a way to find uh, you, know, you know, you need to find a way to put that passion back into education because there are too many people that are teaching that are doing it for the wrong reasons. Because it's about it's about the student. Sure. It's not always about the teacher. So I reflected upon that. And then ironically, a couple of weeks later, a friend of mine who ran a music school had contacted me and they needed uh, a replacement drum teacher. And so at that point, I, I was interested in it, but I didn't want to take on, you know, four nights a week when I had just made some changes in my life that allowed me time to pursue some different options. And so I said, well, I'll do two nights a week, but I'm 100% okay if you hire someone else, if you need someone to teach four nights a week. And he said, nope, what two nights do you want? You get the two nights you want to hire someone else because I want you. So I felt encouraged about that. And I remember, I still remember the very first lesson. I went in, I was really nervous because I hadn't done this in a while, but I went in with a new skill set and a new mindset. So I was prepared for this. The door opened. Mm -hmm. And in comes the room, my first new student. He's in a wheelchair and his mom wheels, he, his mom wheels wow. him into the, the, studio, the studio and she says to me, this is Ben, he's 12, he thinks he's 15, good luck. And then walked out of the room. And I thought, oh my God, what have I got myself into? Wow. And, and I looked at this and I thought, this is going to be a challenge. What I ended up doing was having a conversation with them. What I learned was what made him passionate about learning to play the drums. I asked him about some of the teachers that he had previously. I asked him about some of the goals that he had. And what I discovered was this is someone that a lot of people look at with a huge amount of physical limitations that, yes, he was aware of, but the problem that we had in that situation is that everyone else limited him because of their perception of the things that he couldn't do. So I now made it a goal to ask him what it was that he wanted to learn and to alter the things that he wanted to do to make it work in his situation and never limit him. And he ended up becoming one of my hardest working and one of my best students.
and he would go online and he would watch YouTube videos and he would come into the lesson and he would ask me very specific questions about things that he saw online, which sometimes would challenge me because they may be things that I wasn't that familiar with, but it opened up my world. And I remember specifically one day, I'd been teaching him for about a year or so at this point. He came in and he said, I auditioned for the, um, the city all-star jazz band. And I looked at him and I said, that's amazing. So what made you want to do that? And he said, well, I know that I'm not going to get this, you know, this position in the jazz band. But I figured if I actually took the steps to audition, I'm going to learn something. And that's what made me want to do this. And then I remember the following week it came in and I had asked him, did you hear anything wow. back? He goes, well, I hadn't heard anything. So I picked up the phone and I called them. And I wanted to know how I did on my audition. And I didn't get, get the position, which I didn't expect. But I learned from them all the things that I had done really well. And all of the things that I now can work on. And that's inspiring me to work even harder. And I remember thinking, this is a student mm. that's set up for success. Because he's not afraid to face his challenges. He has an enthusiasm and a love for this whole journey. And he's not setting self-limiting goals. And when I looked at that, I suddenly realized that's one of the things that we all need to do for ourselves is not set self-limiting goals or walk away from opportunities that might be intimidating because you will never know what you will learn and you won't know what you, what you are capable of accomplishing unless you actually take this. That's an amazing story. What's what's his name? Ben. I'm never going to forget that story about Ben. I'm going to share that, that with others. That's amazing. And I think if you go into it, like you said, Michael, with that attitude of like, what questions can I ask to unlock this this person's journey? And you, you said you asked him a lot of questions about where he was at and what, what he was after, his journey, his story. So you're stepping into a bigger story. And often what happens, and it sounds like this is what I get from your story, is like, he taught you a lot. <laughs> we yeah, learned, absolutely. Right? Yeah. We learn so much from others approaching it with that attitude. And it sounds like, man, you're right. He's set up for success because it's what, what we say is like the obstacle is the way. The obstacle becomes the way forward. So look at, he's he's in a wheelchair. He's like, okay, what can what, how can I use this to uncover grit and perseverance and to work hard discipline and then i loved how he called he called that place and said well what and got the feedback and he's like oh i didn't actually think i was going to get it anyway but i'm using it as an opportunity to grow into what can improve upon that's and amazing i'm I'm not sure I would even have taken that step. Yeah, I definitely yeah. would not have done that when I was his age. It's something that I might consider <laughs> now. But I, I found that to be inspiring. And I find as a teacher, when I'm able to have those connections with my students and look at everyone as a unique exactly. situation, that challenges me. And that allows me to kind of put that fire kind of behind them and help them achieve their goals. Also, one of the other things that I often find, and, and you will contest to this, um, there are too many teachers that assume that when a student is beginning, that they all want to do the same thing. You know, I'm working you know, I want to learn how to play the drums. I took it and I turned it into a professional career, which has taken me into a variety of different situations. But sometimes teachers assume that everyone that wants to start is going to then want to go out and play in bands and then going to want to go in and, you know, do some recording and follow the same path. And that's completely not the way that this works out. So it's essential as a teacher to be able to go through, find out what their story is and help them fulfill their path. hundred percent. Yeah, Michael, you're right. And to me, it's, there's an inner journey of drumming and there's also an outer journey of drumming. So this is what we, you know, I go into this in my, in life to rhythm LTR. It's like, it's based on this. 
the you know the inner journey we have these four steps because a lot of people jump right to the drumming like what you said like oh i just assuming they like to do this or or i just want to pick up the six and start hitting things and really the inner journey starts with what i call the like the ethos so it's who are you as a character what are the things you know like you said what's in your heart that wants to come out what's What's the mindset? What, what, what do you want out of this? And what are, what are your goals? And then it's things like flow, like feeling it in your body and, and how to get your energy out onto the drum set. And then daily habits like our practice. And then, of course, mastering rhythm. But there's so much in the inner journey there of drumming. You know these benefits, like it helps with depression and anxiety and just us moving and, and to go into what's called a flow state where your, your, your brain waves actually slow down. Everybody knows the zone, you know, that, that we're like, we're, we're in it right now where this hour is going to go by in 10 minutes or five minutes. And you just get into this, this flow state, this zone, this joy. That's what, uh, that's what, that's what we all love about drumming. You pick up the sticks. It's like, wow, where did the time go? I just had so much fun. And all these, yeah, that's the inner journey. It's like a daily meditation. And of course, the outer is like, do you want to play in a band? Do you maybe want to know what that feels like? Do you want to make this a profession? I know uh, a, a great mentor and teacher I had, Jim Blackley, when he was about halfway through his life in his 50s, he decided, I don't need stages and audiences anymore. It's like, I want to just experience music in a in a in a band situation where we just ex, we, we just like communicate music to each other and we share the experience together you don't need to book the auditorium and sell the tickets and now we're thinking about it as a business and and the big audience there is like well what if what if we just had music as a collective experience just with us just the band in a room and that's fine you see what i mean so there's there's an, you're right there's an inner journey and an outer journey that's a story that's unique to us all. Now, Jim Blackley was considered to be a guru in the industry as, as an educational master who went on to write five outstanding books, but also had a very different approach in terms of the way that he would teach. I know you study with him for a while. I was fortunate to spend a year with him close to the end of his life. Um, and I found it to be very profound. And I, I would often find that sometimes in those situations, it was almost like you were going to the gym because the workout that he gave you was so mentally draining at times and exhausting that, but, but it, that it wasn't until you were halfway home from your lesson. Cause he was in Barrie at the time. And so I was coming in from Hamilton. So it's an hour and a half drive, but it wasn't until I was halfway home that the impact of those lessons actually would kick in one of the things that i did say to him once when we were working through his his jazz book uh, i think the essence of jazz what i was curious about what order he taught students in because i found we were jumping around things a lot we would kind of do it, uh, an exercise and then we would go to somewhere else in the book and then we would come back and traditionally when teachers are working through a book they start at the beginning and they work their way through but he was moving around a lot so i asked him um, what his method or his approach was for that. And he didn't answer me, but he, what he kind of said was, he goes, I, um, I, I have a plan, but he would never tell me what the plan was. And at that point, what I realized was he's customizing the experience based on what he sees you need, but he won't tell you what you need. He wants you through the experience to embrace that and figure that out. Once you're able to figure out that lesson, then you've embraced the lesson. But if everyone gives you the tools, then you never really get the full experience. And so I would be interested in what your experience was when you studied with Jim Blackley. It's a journey, right? There's, you know, that old, that old maxim. It's, it's the, it's who you become on. It's not the destination. It's like who you become on the journey. And I think he really understood that. And his son, Kasha Blackley, you'll see on the, on Facebook, there's something called the Jim Blackley appreciation page. And you'll see people that write 
much like what you said, I, I studied with Jim in the 70s, you know, because Jim, of course, did it for decades. I studied with Jim in the 70s, and I still think about these lessons that he, he imparted upon me or the experience of the journey. And he, yeah, you're right, it would, it would be a mentally draining, but also very soulfully draining and, and draining of the heart and the soul and the mind and everything, you know, and, and the drumming too, because it was very, he'd get, you know, he'd get you to slow down and just really focus. And so it was, you're right. I remember leaving those lessons too, like, whew, wow, I'm to take a moment and, and, uh, and digest that a little bit. But just, you see all these drummers sharing these same stories of like, wow, like decades later. And yeah, that's how, that's how it was for me. I remember, I think everybody has this experience with Jimmy goes, all right, lad, play, you know, play something. And you literally play for 30 seconds. It's like, all right. And he, he knows right there how to customize, customize it for you and where to take you on the journey where you're obviously he's not just telling you things and feeding you information. He's, he's asking questions and getting you to try things and where you uncover your own personalized journey yourself and that's that's really the key it's it's unlocking that that growth in yourself i remember about halfway through my experience with jim i had come home i was particularly overwhelmed and frustrated because i felt like i hadn't demonstrated the the time that I had really put into this exercise and I felt it, my lesson didn't go well. And the lessons used to be two to two and a half mm -hmm. hours long. So I think people are used to 30 minute lessons where this is a, this is a really long experience. So if you're struggling, you're struggling a for a long time. <laughs> um, um, and I remember coming home and getting really emotional, really overwhelmed. And I felt like I was failing him. And I wrote, and a couple of days later, I had wrote him an, an email and I expressed myself in the email about how obvious it was to him that I was struggling with this material, but that I was very committed to this and I had dedicated a lot of time and things into them, but this was just something I was finding to be a real challenge. And so I kind of said to him, it's really important for me, for you to understand that I'm committed to this and I and I really value this experience and I'm willing to do whatever it takes to get this. And a couple of days later, his son sent me an email and told me how moved his father was by this and that his dad completely believes in his students and he sees value in his students. And this is just all part of the process and that I was not unique in this situation going through this. And I remember going to my next lesson. The lessons were once a month. So I remember going to my next lesson and you know, Jim greeted me at the door and he told me how moved he was by my message, which felt like I had reached the top of Mount Everest and that there was hope for me and that my journey was not yet done. I then went down and probably had the most successful lesson I'd ever had with that experience because I was determined and I was dedicated. But you are going to run into these challenges in these situations where you're going to struggle but you have to accept that that's just part of the process and you can't let that struggle deter you from reaching the vision, you know, the, the, the goals and the visions that you have for yourself. Wow. I'm so happy to hear that story of a breakthrough. And the big thing that I like to unlock in people's confidence, confidence through drumming confidence to be you. And confidence is earned. Confidence is earned. And I love the connection. Maybe you felt this, Michael, with like stand-up comedians and drumming. I really, I feel a kinship with that community, even though I've obviously never even thought of attempting that going up to a mic. Man, we, we get to sit behind the drums and we're, you know, we've got our house of drums there and maybe a band. Imagine just going with a mic and an audience and boo you know if a joke doesn't go over well but i've heard comedians say like you have to have the courage to bomb if you're going to be great you just there's no way around it you're not gonna no one skates around that you have to go there and just feel that uh that that 
you know, hold your head in your hands. Like Jim Chapin once, you know, I was lucky to spend some time with Chapin and, and he said, he talked about his moments like that. He's like, why didn't I become a plumber? Oh my gosh. Like, what am I, I have no business doing that. But if you can break through that and you realize your untapped potential that lives in you, that confidence will come out. And ironically, like that's what drums are all about, man. If you're going ding, ding, a ding, ding, or just, you know, Jim Black with the quarter notes, ding, 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 a ding, Steve Gadd, right? Nothing but quarter notes are like, you know, we call them the go-round grooves, back in black, do, ga, do, ta, do, ta, we will rock you, do, do, ta, do, do, ta. You don't need to beat the crap out of it, but you do need confidence. You need to own that rhythm, own yourself, own your heart, and own the music. And that's, it's like you're like piloting, piloting a 747 jet, like everybody there needs to know this this person's taking us there to the on the journey, right? And that's unlocking that confidence. You can't, you know, everybody will feel it if you're like, oh, I'm not sure. Uh, you know, you're playing and the band's like, it's not quite there. The audience, you know, it's not quite there. It's gotta have that confidence. And I remember this great this great story about Jim Keltner. You, of course, are probably a fan of Jim Keltner. If you, Absolutely. Yeah, of course. And if anybody doesn't know who Jim Keltner is, he's a legend. Check him out. Listen to him. And there's a story. I love this story. So he was on the cover of Modern Drummer back in the early days of Modern Drummer. And it's, it's a blue cover. I don't know what year it was, but you could find out. And it was his first cover. And he tells the story. He felt imposter syndrome. And imposter syndrome is, is part of the journey to confidence. So again, that stand-up comedian that's like, I have no business being here. Who am I? Maybe I'm this person. You know, you're, you're, you're trying to find yourself, right? And that journey's tough, but what's on the other side is beautiful because it's your confidence that you own for life. No one can ever take it away from you. But Jim was on this, even though he's on the cover of Modern Drummer and he played with Steely Dan in these bands, he was feeling imposter syndrome because he's on the cover of Modern Drummer, but he's like, you got Terry Bozio, you got Vinnie Coliuta, you got all these drummers that are Dave Weckl playing stuff that he, he's like, I don't even know how to play that stuff and I can't do that stuff. And I'm just, that's not me. He's like, I'm playing... Jim Keltner plays simpler stuff. Like he he does he does a different a different expression, right? But there he is on the cover of Modern Drummer. He's like, I'm in a world of Terry Bozios and Dave Weckles and and Vinnie Colliudas. I have no business being on the cover. And he and he felt this this deep this deep inadequacy and this imposter syndrome. Like ah, who am I? To, oh, and, and and looking for his confidence, much like what you said. You're in that lesson, like. Like, I, I know I'm capable of more and, and uh, ah, you're going through that turmoil, right? You're going through that journey. And he stuck with it. And over time, what he learned is the inner journey of drumming. He learned to believe in his fingerprint. That's what I call the, the, your voice, what you have to say. Because as you know, Michael, every fingerprint is totally unique. There are no two in the world. And this is what we talked about, traditional lessons, God forbid you try to be a second-rate version of John Bonham or Stuart Copeland because you're not them. You're you. And no two drummers just strike the drum in the same way, right? So when you just go, do, ta, do, ta, you're going to be you. So why not bring that out? And this is what stand-up comedians, the great ones, they learn this. It's like, you got to be you up there. You got to, you can't be anybody else. And Jim Keltner, he got to that other side and he got on the cover of Modern Drummer again. He's still drumming to this day. And now he just, he's very comfortable with himself. He believes in himself. And that's when you earn that confidence. Well, I think one of the biggest challenges for breaking your confidence is one's tendency to gravitate towards competition. And what, and what we need to do is we need to look at ourselves and not compare ourselves to the others, but but look at others and become part of the community. 
for me, one of the most valuable things that has happened to me, particularly over the last 10 years, was not dealing with the, the, the comparison and the challenges that I had always struggled with on that end, mm-hmm. but expanding my community. You know, I, I, we're humans, so there's always going to be those moments of which we look towards other things and that intimidation aspect comes into play. But now what I do is I look at the people that I have opened up into my community, and many of them are legends and mentors to me, but it's opened up this whole new world. It doesn't mean because I have those connections that I'm better than someone else, but it just means that I'm now part of a family. And being part of a family mm-hmm. or part of a community is means that we can all be cheerleaders for each other and excel and celebrate everyone's capabilities to be unique. I was also fortunate to be able to take some lessons with David Garibaldi, who has one of one of the most sort of unique mm. voices in the industry. Um, And they were probably some of the most challenging lessons I ever had. The challenge wasn't necessarily from the technical aspect, but the challenge was his whole approach is not for you to master his concepts. His whole approach is for you to embrace your concepts and to, and to believe in yourself. Right. Because it's about you. It's about, you know, and what he had said to me was it doesn't matter if people don't like your idea. If you come up with an idea that speaks to you, that is representative of your creative voice. And you need to take that and you need to develop that and push that further. You have to look at books not as tools of things that you need to master. You need to look at books and education as a way to inspire you to come up with your own unique ideas and push those and develop that. And as a student, one of the things that I find sometimes to be a struggle is that too often you get caught up in trying to be successful at the methods and the exercises that are put in front of you that you actually begin to lose yourself and your own unique identity. So you have to go through those steps in order to come back out and to find your voice again. Uh, Ironically, you know, I think I had a pretty unique voice as a drummer. The more schooled I got, I tended to get further away from that for a while but my skill set improved significantly and my confidence improved significantly once i developed that confidence i was then now able to go back to embrace the things that spoke to me as a drummer that Mm -hmm. made me special and unique because we're all unique and we're all special and now i'm embracing the things that i have to offer as the things that i find to be exciting as a player but I have the confidence now because I've taken the time to connect with some of the you know masters and the gurus in the industry that have given me the tools that I need, but the guidance not to just obsess over the tools, but to get back to being true to yourself. Yeah, and the ironic thing is, you can't help but be you anyway. So you have a choice. Am I gonna? Am I gonna? Am I gonna have the courage to step into this and magnify it? Or am I just going to spend my life running from it and trying to wear masks of other people that never works anyway? You can't, you can't be those people anyway. And that's why in the LTR method, that's the whole, that's the whole point is to uncover your voice, everything from open-handed drumming to mindset, to what you think about, to believing, you know, confidence, unlocking that it all ties into that. And I love, you mentioned David Garibaldi, what he does with his students, he calls it the black book of you, the black book of you. And it's that saying, don't compete, create. That's a big one. And what I say to people, don't compete, create. And the black book of you, yeah, as you know, he, he's like, get a black book and, you know, any kind of black moleskin or something and start filling it with your ideas, just something that you, you know, you, that's, that strikes that fun and enthusiasm and that's unique to you and build upon that. And I think he gets his students start with 10 ideas that, right. That are just, you know, write them in there. could be, could be a little thing in the drums, could be a groove that is, is your representative of 
your voice. And I remember the story of like Buddy Rich, like who, who would be more intimidating than hearing the, than like Buddy Rich, right? He's, I remember Jim Blackley telling me, he's like, he had no weaknesses. You know, it's, it's very rare that it's, it's like a comet that comes around the earth like every 700 years or something. Buddy Rich is, you know, speed, technique, tuning, uh, dynamics. Is every, he had the full package, right? And, and Buddy said it, it would drive him crazy when drummers came up to him and were like, ah, I, I watched you play and uh, now I'm going to go home and burn my sticks and, and I'm, I'm going to quit. He's like, th- that's not the way forward. The way forward to unlock your voice is to see something in everybody that sparks something that can inspire you. And again, Jim Keltner was a fan of Buddy Rich. He didn't do any of that stuff, though. He might have taken the spirit. One thing that I get from Buddy Rich is like the attitude, that like urgency, you know, like I'm going to show up and give my absolute best and I'm going to play like today is the last day of my life. Like you can take that from Buddy Rich because he, he freaking lived that every time he played. And if you're just playing boom, smack, boom, boom, smack, something really simple, you can play it with that urgency and attitude. Like this may be the last time in my life that I'm going to be blessed to do this. Let me bring that attitude and spirit into what I do. So yeah, don't compete, create. Now, as an educator yourself, what are some of the struggles and challenges do you find with new students? And how would you overcome some of those challenges to give them the confidence to kind of start their own journey? We had Chris Coleman on my podcast, the amazing Chris Coleman, and he, he teaches at Drummers Collective. And he said, sometimes these like, you know, some of the students will play with the band and it's, it's like a workshop showcase situation or something. And just imagine this, you know, you're playing on stage, your teacher, Chris Coleman, the, you know, the awesome Chris Coleman, you could probably see him sitting there because he's watching his, you know, supporting his students. And he's, and he, he said on the podcast, sometimes he'll do that. He'll do this to them from the audience, <laughs> which I can just imagine would be super funny and would, <laughs> would like make me laugh. Right. Probably he's injecting a little bit of humor in there, but what he's kind of saying is like, you're, you're tr- like, put the blind, open, open your eyes. You know, you've got, you've got the blinders on, like look around and listen. And sometimes that's, a, a big challenge and struggle. We can get wrapped up in our, our own inner critics, our own, uh, you know, trying, trying to go for too much, focusing on the wrong thing. And it's really like, how can I make this music better? And how can I listen to what's around me? And how, how can I be present? And how can I uplift the band? How can I uplift the music? And how can I uplift the audience and, that's what Jim Blackley said. This is a total experience. No winning, no losing. Let's make this an experience. So I think one, one challenge is just look around, listen, take in the moment, be present, and just, you know, with gratitude. That's one thing. And another is like there's, you know, we live in the age of dramatic distraction, Michael, right? Like there's, there's never been, you know, a lot of my students... Uh, you know, one of them just recently said to me, he's like, you know, go on Instagram and you see all these, <laughs> you just scroll through and it's like, blah, 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 blah. and just a student going, my gosh, like, I'll, I'll never even, I'll never do any of this stuff. And, and even me, I feel that too. It's like you, you look at that stuff. Here's an 11 year old playing something that I don't even know. They're playing circles around me. And there's that imposter syndrome can set in and you always have to go to don't compete create and really delete the noise to to know what to focus on you know jim jim blackley was really big on that like look delete the overwhelm and confusion and trying to do it all you know really focus on the essentialism like focus on less things but do it better one of the things that I struggle with sometimes with regards to social media is the trend now is 
cover videos and where people will kind of go on, they'll pick a song that they love and they admire, and then they make a video of them playing along with it. And I really respect the talents and the capabilities that people have to go through and do this. And there's been some exceptionally talented performers, you know, basically doing these cover videos. The issue that I have is I want to see who they are as an right. artist. Exactly. And the pro and so the problem with the cover videos is that if I want to watch someone wail away and play something for this like classic song that I love, I'm not going to watch their video. I'm going to go to the original artist and watch their video because they're the ones that created that in the first place. And that's mm -hmm. their voice. I'm not taking away or diminishing the skill set and the talent that it takes in order to recreate these. But I think too many times it's all about presenting polish. And what I would rather see is present creativity, present who you are, and don't be afraid to present things that aren't polished because life and journeys are not polished and they're not perfection. We all have to go through these. And I find a lot of times I love seeing videos that people post of them struggling with the concept or implementing a new idea that they've just learned, but they haven't quite mastered, but they're being brave and taking that time to expose that part of their journey. And I find that to be what inspires me. I agree. And it's a journey and, and you gotta, you gotta earn that confidence through having the courage to step in the arena. You know, the great Theodore Roosevelt speech in the arena. I have it behind me. I have all my students check it out. It's basically the, it's not the critic who counts on the sidelines, you know, criticizing, criticizing, but not doing anything. It's the person in the arena with blood and sweat and dust on them actually struggling. And that's why what I teach is to be undeniable, like be undeniable. And that's my mission and what I do. And that's like what we were just talking about, like delete the unessential and what you're left is your essence and to bring that out. And when, if you do that, not everybody's going to be a fan of what you do. And that shows you you're actually on the right path. And there's a great metaphor I have in my book, the Michelangelo metaphor. And he just, he just said when he, the great artist Michelangelo, he would look at this block of marble that he was going to start sculpting. And he said, I can, the statue is already inside the marble. All I'm doing is chipping away at the unessential and revealing a statue that's already in there. So I agree, that's, that's the mission that we're on, is to be undeniably you. And yeah, the cover songs and all that, that's great. That's part of the journey. Like you said, getting the, the skill set, you know, that can be a piece of it. But to get stuck there, I think, is, is, to, is to get stuck in mediocrity. And mediocrity is not being undeniable. And sometimes I go to John Bonham because I know I went through my John Bonham phase and I'm probably still in my John Bonham phase. But just so many people get stuck in the... Oh, I'm going to set my drums up like him and get the same cymbals as him and try to try to try to sound like him. But he's the great thing about John Bonham was he stepped out to be him. You know, he stole a little bit from this player, stole a little bit from that player. His favorite players were, you know, Buddy Rich and Joe Morello, Gene Krupa, Ginger Baker. And he took a little bit from all of them and eventually stepped out, as we said, into the arena to be him. And that's the great thing. Sometimes I think people, it takes a while to get about John Bonham. It's like, yeah, you're doing a great imitation of John Bonham, but look what he did. He was, he was him. That was his great accomplishment. So you be, you be you. And what people don't always realize is that John Bonham's doing his imitation of the people that inspired him in the first place. So it's often said that in order to really truly learn someone's style that you admire you have to look at who inspired them in the first place which comes back to the whole concept of community right. it's not about competition right. it's about community because we all learn from each other and everyone's success regardless of what level they're at or where they are in their journey is going to inspire someone else along with their part of their journey so as we some come close to winding up here, 
you talked a little bit about your your book. I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about what what you've put into that book and what we can expect from that. Yeah, it's it's the book that I wanted to see <laughs> and I want out there. So you got to write it yourself sometimes, right? Like if if there's a piece of music or a book or a film or something or a piece of art, it's like do, create it yourself. That's a duty, I think. If something wants to come out of you, something wants to be created, make it happen. Whether it's a podcast, a book, a band, you know, if you want to see it, like do it, right? It's 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 what you always want to see out there. So that's really it. And you said community, Michael. You you nailed it. It's it's like sometimes if you ask people, like name one successful great person that has succeeded all on their own. You know, and, and someone may think about it and say, uh, you know, Abraham Lincoln or John Bonham or or Muhammad Ali or or the Beatles or you can you could or Mozart, you know, or Einstein. You could think of throwing out these these uh, these geniuses and great, great, great people. They've accomplished these incredible things that they seem like they were just born, you know, Michael Jordan, whoever it is. It seems like they were just cut from a different cloth and born with like d- magical DNA. And you're right, if you study their stories, you're like, wow, it's, it's, it's who they surrounded themselves with, it's community. So one thing, one great idea in the book is isolation is the enemy of excellence. So it's who, it's, com- it's community, everything is community. It's who you surround yourself with your mentors, your friends, and nothing is better than the drum community. You know, you've seen drummers when they get together. Wow, it's magical and friendly and everybody wants to help each other and uplift each other. And we're like little kids, very childlike. There's that enthusiasm and fun. And the real thing with the LTR drumming method is to speak your voice, to live with confidence, and to just get your, to be in, in tune with your mighty why, like why you do this, what you're serving. And so we start with that, we build your ethos, and then we go into flow. So flow is like, flow is, is getting in the zone. It's how your body moves, right? So it's, it's not that you're playing drums, you become the drums. You, your body is the instrument. As you always say, it's how you move. How you move is how you groove. Yeah, that could be the title of the book in a way. And a big hero of mine is is Bruce Lee. And he really taught this, right? He took a little bit from boxing, a little bit from golf, a little bit from ancient philosophy, and mashed it all up into his expression called Jeet Kune Do, which was all about expressing your art and yourself through motion. And the drums just catches the motions that you do, right? And creates your voice. And we should be drumming, Michael, past 100. You should be getting better as you get older so you can drum for a century and beyond. And that's in how you move tension free, right? And then we get into practicing, you know, the art of learning, daily habits. How do you create those daily habits where every day you get 1% better? And as you said, tapping into a community that uplifts you and, and where you get a little better every day. So the basic theme of the book is speak your voice through the drums and live and play with undeniable confidence in who you are and what you have. Which I think is an incredible philosophy and something I totally believe in as well. Now, for people that are interested in learning more about you or would like to connect with you, maybe take some lessons, uh, connect, become part of your community, because there's a lot of things that you implement. You have webinars, you you bring in um, guests from all sort of facets of, of this amazing career, and you just you've done so much for our community. What's the best way for people to connect with you? chrislesso.com is the hub, Michael, right? chrislesso.com. And from there, I've got some free courses. You can get to transform through drumming. You can get the podcast and get on the email list, all kinds of cool stuff. And it's really developing, yeah, like who you are so you can express that on the drums. You know, we just had on 
not too long ago, a Navy SEAL to do a workshop for my students. Like, you might say, what does a Navy SEAL have to do with drums? And he even said, he's like, man, when I got this email, wow, I've never had a drummer want me to, to do a workshop for, for his students. But it was, you know, the theme, Michael, was like overcoming fear and living with courage and how to overcome, you know, things like anxiety and depression. Does that sound like it resonates with drummers? Oh my gosh, yeah, right? Like, look at that police poster behind you. When they did their first tour in America, they were playing to like two or three people a night. You know, no one in the audience. Maybe some drunk guy going, you suck. How do you, and they're doing original songs. You know, or someone's like, play, play Freebird or something. And they're like, no, like we have our own songs. How do you overcome that, that, that fear and disappointment? And, and uh, how, do you keep, how do you persevere through that? These are mindset things that like a Navy SEAL can teach us, you know, and then when you, when you pick up the sticks and you get behind that kit and you're going through your own journey, you can, you have that fuel to get there. Cause there's so much out there and I teach this too, right? The, the stick control and the technique and there's so much great stuff out there. But if someone feels defeated and they quit before their time, before uncovering their potential, then that is a tragedy and that's what we fight against. So, yeah. Well, and, and I find as a teacher, you have to learn how to read a student because not every student is going to communicate to you mm -hmm. the things that they're struggling with. So you, you need to kind of read their body language and see if you can find a way without prying into their life. What are the things that are holding them back and work with them to overcome that. I, I, uh, I had a student once and she came in to a lesson. Mm -hmm. She, you know, she was 15, very, very talented. She'd always come in with a 15 year old girl <laughs> attitude and, she came attitude. One day and yeah. I said, so how, how, so, you know, how was school today? She goes, it, it sucked. Okay. Well, what's the problem? My music teacher is awful. Well, why is your music teacher awful? Well, because I had to do a playing test and she gave me seven out of 10 and, and I, and I deserve a 10 out of 10. I said, okay, do you have your book with you? Yes. And so she just put it on the thing and she's, she's, you know, huffing and hawing about it. And I said, okay, play me the exercise. And so she played it and she goes, see, I, sh I should have got 10 out of 10. And I said, that was a solid seven out of 10. Then she got annoyed and she said to me, what do you mean? Now you're just being like my teacher. And I said, no, you know, it wasn't perfect but you are capable of playing it perfectly. Do it again. So then she calmed down and she played it again. And I said, and she's like, see, that was better. I said, yes, that's a solid eight out of 10. Are you happy with that? Or do you want to prove to people the level of which you are capable of? And at that point, she kind of rolled her eyes, but started to laugh. And then she played it again and played it beautifully. And so I said to her, your challenge is not a technical challenge. Your challenge is that you're too quick to not accept the fact that you are not willing to put in the time to show the things that you're capable of because you can do it. You just need to give yourself the permission to slow down, reassess, and then do that again. And after that, um, she was became one of my best students because I had to kind of challenge her on that and in terms of changing her mindset. So that's one of the things that I find as a teacher that can bring me a lot of joy is when you make those breakthroughs. Yeah, it's a journey, right, Michael? Exactly. And we've, you know, the word challenge is what it is. And it is a challenge to step in the arena and 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 bring out your untapped potential and to live that. And I, I, let, let's think of it this way. There's like, you know, the character uh, Two-Faced in Batman. So I refer him in, in, in my book. Uh, uh, there's, there's almost like two sides to it. And one side is humility. So it sounds like her lesson there was, was humility, right? Like, okay, maybe there is something I can improve on. Maybe my teacher had a little bit of a point. I could get better in this, in this little area to take it to a 10. But the flip side of that is confidence and belief in yourself, right? Like, I'm a 10 out of 10. 
I, I, I call this the, the, the Kanye factor, right? If you know Kanye West, like how freaking confident he was. It's a great documentary on Netflix on him before he succeeded. And it's like, he's taken his demo into record companies and like, and everybody's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you're that producer that does, he had done some beats for different artists and stuff, but no one knew him as an artist or a rapper. And just the belief, like I'm an 11 out of 10 and you're lucky to be around me and I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, prove the world wrong and, and, and show them what I'm capable of. So that's the confidence, right? There's this, uh, story I remember of, of this, this, uh, this guy going in to give motivational talks and he went into schools to about the 15 year old range. Right. And he was going to teach humility and in leadership, right? Probably the number one quality of a leader have humility, but this was an inner city school, very, very economically challenged in a rough area of town. And he, he said he went to the classroom, Michael, and he looked, he looked at the kids and he's all ready to give this talk on humility, right? And he sees these kids like like slumped over in their chairs, just just like like fearful, not believing in themselves. Someone asks a question, like, "Oh, is it you know?" In in this kind of kind of kind of um, timid timid voice, and he flipped it right there. He's like, "I got to give these guys a speech on confidence, on believing in yourself." And a little bit of that, you know what? I am a 10 out of 10 and you may not see it and you may have just given me a seven out of 10, but I know I'm a 10 out of 10. And so I, I think drumming needs to have both. It's like that two-faced thing, right? Like the yin yang. It's like one side, yeah, humility, but the other side, like, you know, you can do this. You know, you're a 10 out of 10. Show the world through the, through the drums and in life and in your every action, what you can be it is inside you. I think that's a fantastic place to end. So it is. Um, it's always a pleasure to connect with you. And I'm really looking forward to picking up your book once it comes out. So please keep me posted. And I will make sure that once everything is ready, I will promote and get the word out as well, too. So I hope that 2023 is an exceptional year for you. And we will connect again soon. Absolutely. ChrisLesso.com. Anybody can connect with me. That's where you connect with me. And let's keep, let's keep building on it every day. Play with drum with passion, man. Keep going. All the best. I'll see you soon, my friend. You've been listening to the Drummer's Pathway podcast. Please share and subscribe to get the word out and let's keep the discussion going. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time.